What up, what up, what up? We are recording. I, I don't know why I just sang that. That was kind of stupid. Hey, so here's what we're going to do on some of these. I'm going to go back and just go over. I'm going to read for you some of these blog posts. And so I had a post that uh, I, I submitted to a website. It's called Pat. What's it called? Okay, so it's called pastorresources.com. I sent them an email and said, hey, you don't know me. You have no reason to know me. I live in Grapevine. In fact, nobody knows me. However, I've done some writing, and I'd like to give it to you. And they said, awesome, we'll take it. And I said, okay, cool. So I sent it, and then they were like, well, here's some guidelines for how to write topics we want to cover. Here's the like 600 to 800 words uh, per article, which is hard for me. It's like I can't get my name written down with an explanation of who I am in less than 600 words. So I'm very wordy. So I sent the first article and I was like, hey, it's like more than double what y'all say. Uh, and I can break it up if you want me to, but it kind of goes together. So they read it and like, oh, we like it. We're going to post it, see how our readers respond. I said, awesome. I have seven more that go in that. If you want those two, they said yes. And I said, even better. And then uh, they published the first one. They're like, hey, we're going to publish these once a week over the next two months, and then we're going to want you to write a couple times a month for us. Awesome. Phenomenal. Great. I am officially a published writer. That's exciting. The first article, The Perfect Church Part 1, went live yesterday. And so, so like, went on and checked it out, and I'm looking at it, and I realized they do a reading and where somebody, like, goes in and literally they read the thing. And so I was like, hey, that would be cool. I want to do that, too. So whether they let me do it or not, I don't know, but I am going to record these. Uh, so if you can't read and drive, which is unsafe, you shouldn't do that, but you want to listen on your way to work, you can do that as well. So uh, here we go. I'm going to read my first reading of The Perfect Church. This is part two, The Perfect Church, We Deal With Our Sin. Take one. Here we go. We deal with our sin. As a whole, we typically do not like to deal with our own mess. I don't think that anybody truly loves admitting that they are wrong. I hate being wrong, and I hate being the one to raise my hand and say, hey, like, I'm sorry, please forgive me for fill in the blank. Just this weekend, I remember thinking, praying, thinking and praying, really, God, like, I've done this and this and this, and still I messed up, like, really? And now I have to apologize. So here's the thing. Not dealing with our sin is the thing that's causing the most destruction in our homes and churches today. We hear confess sin and automatically we think some confession booth with a priest or some scary, some scary concept that we read briefly about in the celebration of disciplines in the, like the latter half of the book and just don't really want to deal with. Confessing sin is a strange concept. Telling someone what you've done that's wrong, it doesn't feel safe, it doesn't feel natural. And when I do something out of line, not a part of God's desire, will, or best plan, I don't want to run to somebody, especially who matters to me, and tell them, the thing is, this isn't, and tell them what? Tell them what? It's, this is hard to read and like trying to look at the camera at the same time. I don't want to run to someone, especially someone who matters to me, and then tell them that. The thing is, this is a normative practice of every believer. Or to restate it, this is supposed to be a normative practice of every believer, but a lot of us either quit doing it or we've never done it before. If we can't name the last time that we confess sin to the Lord and then to those who we, really, and then to those who know us best, then something is very wrong in our heart. Here's the thing, like I was listening, I got reading, I was like, all right, yeah, I can do that. Reading's not that easy. It's hard, like it's, it's 
harder to read than it is. I wrote this, and, I, and I'm stumbling through the thing. Regardless, then something's very wrong in our heart. Like if we haven't, like if we don't do that, then something's very wrong. Confession is not a one-time thing between you and God kind of concept. It's an ongoing practice that brings healing in your heart and freedom in your life from those things that grip your heart. Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you'll be healed. That's James 5.16. The man who conceals his sin does not prosper. That's Proverbs 28.13. Are you wondering why things aren't going right? Are you a pastor or is your church or are you a pastor and your church isn't experiencing the amazing movement of God that you first envisioned when you accepted the job and came in with your ideas and dreams? Those dreams that your church would be the one to change the community. It may be. It just might be that you haven't dealt with your sin yet. Just to be clear, things don't go the way that we want to th- them to all the time. That's life, especially church life. I'm not preaching that if you deal with your mess, then God is clearly going to blow the doors off your church with growth. I don't know. God chooses to move in special ways at times and places favor where he decides. However, it always seems to be at a church where his people are all in, like those bunny ears, which means they confess their sin on the regular. What I am saying is that if you haven't dealt with your sin, you're in the way. If you don't practice confession in your life as a norm, then the first thing you must evaluate is your heart. What typically keeps us from confessing? What is it that keeps us from confessing? What is it? Typically, what keeps us from confession is fear. This is the part of this read where you feel uncomfortable, where you're getting distracted by the part of the read where you're not reading, but I'm reading now. This is where you get uncomfortable where you're getting distracted by the thing you don't want someone or anyone to know. You think it's hard to read this. If you're moving around in your seat, and you're like, oh, she's like, I don't want to think about this right now. You ought to try writing it. Again, this is a continual thing. The same thoughts of fear roll through your minds every single time. What is this going to cost me? What will people think? If my sin is public, it would ruin my testimony, so it's better for the kingdom that nobody knows. Like These are the lies that we buy. What is so interesting to me is that Anytime I bring confession to the table, when I am the one to tell on myself, I've always found grace, mercy, and not shame from others, but respect. Confession is a humbling act. There is no way around it. If you confess sin, you are in a humble position, and humility is respected by others. That's a normal response. Humility comes before honor. That's Proverbs 18, 22. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Jesus forgives us. That's why he died for us. But confession helps us deal with our sin. John writes this letter to his church and says, I'm writing you this letter, my children, or my dear children, so that you might not sin. But when you do, this is how we deal with it. First John 2, 1. It's an obvious paraphrase there at the end. Because John didn't write like me. He was a fisherman. I'm a podcaster and an Instagram husband and a coach. and a, I do fish some, but not for a living. He was better at it than me off track when we begin agreeing with jesus that yes my sin is sin we not only get to experience god god's grace in removing that burden the same burden adam felt when he was hiding in the garden the same burden david felt as he wrote psalms 51 that burden of knowing i've done what's not right but i'm experiencing forgiveness as i agree with god about it but it also makes my next step clear james 5 16 once i confess my sin to god i see it clearly john wrote in that same letter that we have to bring our sin into the light so that we can see it for what it is. 
or when we do that, we can see it for what it is. We can truly deal with it. When I was a kid, I used to love going out to the garage with my dad as he worked on the cars and trucks. He's a phenomenal mechanic, and as a kid, I wanted to be right in the action with him, doing everything he did. My job, however, was typically, hey, hold a flashlight, son. I hated holding the flashlight. You know where the story's going. I wanted to be the one turning the wrench, doing the cool hand wipe thing with the red rag as we finished up. But first, you have to hold a light. Before you can do the work, we've got to be able to see or be able to shine a light on what the problem is. Confession is shining the light on a dark heart so that you can... Confession is shining. You like that the sound effects? If you're not watching the video, I did this little hand motion like it's a break and we're backing up. But you couldn't see that because you're listening. Regardless, confession is shining a light on a dark heart so that it can be made clean. You've got to be able to see the problem in order to fix it. Confessing to Jesus makes it clear what needs to be confessed to those we live in community with. I'm defining community as those who know us best, who agree to this idea of how we follow Jesus and why. This is the verbiage used at Watermark and a concept that I not only learned there, but had ingrained in my mind because of who of who well of how well there's a there's a typo in there it's supposed to be how and instead i spelled who because of how well it is practiced there those people who love you but love oh there it is off track community is those people who love you but love jesus more we have both celebrated we have both celebrated victory with you dear goodness i'm trying to explain community to you and I'm going to do it now. Those people are those who love you but love Jesus more. Have both celebrated victory with you and also given you a couple of good shots to the jaw along the way. When we do this, when we confess to God, when we confess to each other and then begin to pray for one another, we find healing. It really is that simple and it's stupid repetitive. And I don't mean it's stupid. I mean it is stupid repetitive like man i do it is stupid fast if you're tracking with me but this is how it works this is not a crazy concept jesus was not trying to rip us off or weird us all out in a small group no he was giving us the secret to freedom from sin through confession to him and those he calls his church the problem is we don't do this this is not normal why is it not normal because our pastors don't lead us to do it and what i mean is that they don't do it first do this and you really do this if you really want to know. Like, go have coffee with your pastor and ask him when was the last time. Like, don't beat around the bush. Do, like, look him in the eye and say, when was the last time you confessed sin to the elders or your small group or community group or whatever it is that, like, the people that know you best? If he says, well, like, let me have this list of questions that we ask, et cetera, and, and no, no, like, don't, I cannot get this out. He may answer, well, we have a list of questions we ask, etc. No, not do you ask each other questions or hard questions where you have the ability to ask hard questions, but what I'm asking is when was the last time you walked in and you sat down and you said, guys, there's something I have to tell you. Then ask him, like after that, if he says yes, or it gives you like, yeah, man, it was last Thursday. This is what you ask him. What was it? Things are going to get real thick real fast. Like it's you're I can feel the energy in the room and now it's like slice it with a knife, right? Here's the thing. It, you know what, I'm gonna just keep keep reading. I used to work with a good friend of mine who was always <clears throat> who would always lead out in the beginning of a meeting with a new guy saying, All right, guys, like we're gonna go around the table and we're gonna f- confess our last sexual sin. 
and it was a joke, but it was always funny how the air got sucked out of the room for a brief moment because it was like, whoa, we're, are we really doing this? And that's going to happen. The way, when you ask your pastor that, the way he responds is going to tell you everything you need to know about him as a leader. Like, that's it. Like, boom, we're right there. Like, you don't have to try to navigate and ask 15 questions. Like, this is the one that's going to let you know. And it's going to get real, and it's going to get there real fast, which is like, heck yes. He's the leader. He goes first. He sets the tone. If he's not willing to share with you, then why in the world would you ever tell him anything that you need it healing for? Like, why am I going to share with you if you as a leader won't show me how to do it and you won't practice it for me? Like, that's got to be done. And I just did another blog. Like, the people lead, you lead your people where, where you've gone or where you're going. This is part of that. Like, anyway, anyway, I'm getting off track again. I This is why I don't read these things, because I'm trying to talk to you while I'm trying to read the thing. Regardless, if he's not willing to share with you, then why in the world would you share or ever tell him anything you need a healing for? Like, don't. He's not the guy for that. Yes, I get it. You don't want to just tell some rando you're junk, and at the same time, you are the pastor. If someone has cared enough to sit down and start digging, it might be a good time to take some notes. Like right now, like if I'm in this meeting, the guy across the table is not Rando Joe. He's somebody else. Pastors, you must teach your people how to practice confession. Not in a sermon, but by practicing it regularly yourself. Not with the entire church, but with your elders and your small group or whoever it is that knows you. If you don't, your people won't. According to Jesus, it's, it's a pretty big deal, right? <laughs> that that actually it looks better on paper and it sounds better on paper because it's like if you don't your people won't dot 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 and according to jesus it's a pretty big deal that's quality statement right there yeah i get it that's kind of arrogant too please forgive me it, it was okay like on a scale of zero to ten it was maybe a six and a half but i'm five seven short Six is a good score for me. Regardless, this is one of the two biggest reasons that, uh, here's the thing, like shift back with me. This is one of the two biggest reasons why there's no need for Satan to attack the church in America right now. We render ourselves completely ineffective all on our own, and it starts at the top. If you have a thought, if you have a question, if you have an argument or whatever, I'm more than happy to engage with you in a conversation about that, and you can reach me at... Stellofellow at gmail.com. There's another email listed here. It's jofp.ch at gmail.com. That one also is used, and I check it as well, but I shifted this thing from the Journal of a Former Pastor to Stellofellow and started writing about some other things too. Regardless, use in the subject line, Casey, I'd like to talk to you about fill in the blank and shoot that to me. I check it daily and will respond to you because I enjoy conversation with people, and the reason I write is not because I am the expert, but rather because uh, I have... Things that I want to share and I want to have a seat at the table and talk about what God wants to do with the church and what needs to change and what is uh, deeply wrong and what is deeply right with the church today. So hope you have a blessed day and give me a shout if you'd like to talk. Would love to do that. And I will see and hear or you will see and hear me next time as we hit one of these again. Peace.